Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hour number two of the Blitz here. Practice in the books. An early day here on campus. All right, I hope you had your alarm set. I hope you didn't miss morning class because it was a 10.30 practice this morning for the Steelers. But that was one of those, you know, where the, the teacher emails you last minute and tells you about the time change. Uh, Might have been an excused absence if, if you missed that this morning. Uh, but practice an earlier one today in anticipation of inclement weather, something the Steelers have been dealing with since Thursday. Canceled Friday night lights on, on Friday. Uh, moved Saturday's practice down to uh, the south side due to weather concerns. Uh, Monday, yesterday, the Steelers calling things a little bit earlier than they normally would. So they didn't want to mess with the weather, uh, you know, with uh, with Mother Nature uh, here again for what would have been like the fifth straight day. Moving practice up to the morning time. It's over. Still a few players out there getting some extra work in. But Mike Tomlin speaking with the media across the field from us. Some uh, some ominous storm clouds rolling in. Like I said, saw some uh, some lightning right before we went to break. So good job uh, by the Steelers getting today's practice in uh, before the weather elements had a chance to uh, have an effect on proceedings here on the campus of St. Vincent College. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes here. Uh, it is the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Get those tweets in. At Wesley Euler is where you get at me if you want to get involved with the show. we got a few already. We'll get to those as we close out the uh, the first hour of the show. No Steelers alumni guest today due to the change in practice time. But Motesy, we've got a uh, we've got a favorite tomorrow. Tomorrow at 1.30, we'll be joined by Merrill Hodge here on the show for our mm-hmm. alumni visit. Um, be interested to talk with him about about Najee and the offense and the offensive line and all those things. Former running back, of course, uh, himself there. Uh, as uh, right now, Mitch Trubisky and Chase Claypool are uh, are doing some uh, you know some pads off route running here uh, right in front of us. As uh, a couple guys are getting some extra work in, Deontay Johnson working with the training staff across the field. Motsi, Deontay Johnson's doing a really cool drill right now. It's almost like. Uh, you know, like the crossfire drill that they have the wide receivers do at the combine, where mm-hmm. where they run the straight line and they get a pass from the left and then the right. Yeah, they got a tight rope that you know. For those at home who might not know what I'm referencing, they got to run a straight line while they're catching passes on both sides. Basically, Deontay is doing that drill right now, but the trainers, the people who are throwing him the football, are circling around him, and he's got to go from one to the other. Like, he's standing still, but he's moving back and forth to open up to them as they hit him with passes from different angles. Pretty cool uh, pretty cool drill Deontay Johnson's doing across the field on the 10-yard line 
right now. Uh, Mike Tomlin's media availability is over. Autograph seekers out on the hill getting some extra work in uh, as it is uh, as it's cooling off here. The umbrellas are coming out from the fans that are still hanging out as we could have some weather rolling in here before too long. Mozi. Big news for you. All right, stop the presses or alert the presses. Uh-oh, uh-oh. I never know. I never know how go. that. We, I, I never know how that. Stop it. Yeah. Do we stop the press? Do we alert the press? Keep the press going. Yeah. Right. Because if you stop the presses, if you stop the presses, then you don't get the story out there. Listen. But I you always hear stop the, the press. Paparazzi. Call them up. Call yeah, them up. Get TMZ. Get TMZ. Get TMZ on the line because Arthur Motes, for the first time since the first day of practice. For the as, as the rain is pouring down, and now Chase Claypool and Mitch Trubisky are sprinting to the golf carts. That ain't that just the way she goes out here. Um, Sudden change since the <laughs> since the first day of practice out here, which was July twenty seventh. Today is August 9th. It's been a long time, but alert the presses, stop the presses, whatever the right vernacular is there. The Steelers' offense finally, for only the second time at Camp Motsi, won seven shots. How about that? Yeah, man. I was definitely glad to hear that. And if I remember correctly, this is back to – no, not back-to-back days. They lost yesterday. But no, it's, this yeah, it's the been first t- time since the first day. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> the first day. Excuse me on that. Yeah, dude, absolutely. It's been some close ones. Yesterday was one of those close debatables. Yes. But There's been yeah, a lot of four-to-threes right, where the man. defense won but you know was mm-hmm. able to get the last rep. Uh, but five-to-two, the offense winning today. A pretty decisive victory for the offense. And yeah, yeah. You know, I know you are a, a defensive guy, but it, man, as much as the defense has dominated the offense out here, that's you know that's kind of the the pushback day that we've been looking for, right? We I don't I don't think either yeah. of us are expecting the offense to dominate now going forward or anything like that, but it is at least encouraging to see them punch back a little bit here. Absolutely, and nothing is given at this level. It's been plenty of times where you'll see. You, uh, some type of mismatch happening, and we'll just watch it happen over and over and over until that player or that coach makes an adjustment well this is that same scenario the defense has been kicking the offense's butt in terms of seven uh, in terms of seven shots but once again all right how long are you going to take that how long are you going to accept it when are you going to say enough is enough and we're going to come back and start swinging more and i thought that they've been trying to do that but obviously they hadn't had a chance to actually come out victorious and today for them to do that I, I'm glad to hear that because I do think it's necessary. I think it's necessary not just for the offense to experience that success, but I also think it's necessary for the defense to experience that failure, to remember what that feels like, hmm. to remember that, hey, man, if we want to be dominant, this can't happen. And they'll go check the tape, and I'm sure they'll have plenty of reasons and coaching points that say, hey, man, if we correct this, if we break a little bit flatter here, if our get-off is a little bit better here, hey, if we disguise this coverage a little bit better, maybe this works out for us instead. So, um, like I said, for both sides, man, I think this is just a really beneficial situation. But you need that, though. You need the offense to have some days like that. No, you you, you absolutely do, without a doubt, as the, uh, as the rain is coming down here now uh, in La Trobe. Certainly, uh, young Jacob doing the work to, to, to keep us uh, to keep us dry here on the set. Yeah, seven to uh, seven shots, five to two. The Steelers' offense uh, winning pretty decisively here uh, today. Uh, uh, hold on one second. Got to make sure the got to make, sure make sure the uh, the Comrex here is staying dry. Uh, Trubisky three for four. Arthur Motes, nice day, nice drill for him. Uh, Benny Snell was uh, was uh, stuffed on the run by Devin Bush. Nice play by Devin Bush. We like to see that as well, too. 
Um, but then Snell able to uh, to get past Arthur Mollett to to uh, to score a touchdown on the ground. Chase Claypool with a toe tap in the back of the end zone, and then Mitch with a scrambling run for a touchdown as well there too. So three for four was the offense with Miss Trubisky. Kenny Pickett got the second crack today, as we've seen a couple times. He went one for two, uh, had a pass uh, intended for Gunnar Olszewski that was knocked down in the end zone by Carl Joseph, uh, but then he threw a bootleg touchdown pass to Jalen Warren on his second rep. And then Rudolph finding uh, Boykin on a quick slant for his one shot there. And that was your 5-2 to two performance from the offense. I-, I like to see there, Motsi, the offense got it done a few different ways, right? They they had mm-hmm. they had one on the ground with Snell, one on the ground with Mitch, Claypool in the back of the end zone, a bootleg touchdown to, to Jalen Warren, a quick slant to Boykin. You know, I, I, I like seeing the offense punch back obviously in a drill where where they've been you know pretty thoroughly manhandled through through the two weeks of camp here uh, but I also like that you know they're getting it done a couple different ways on the ground back of the end zone slant routes across the front that's important to me too because you know we have talked about you know the offense could just get to a point where they're they're just trying to win the drill right and and maybe they're okay well you know what we can score pretty consistently if we just do this let's cheat it a little bit um they're still treating it like it is a like it's a proper you know goal line situation there and and I'm encouraged that they're finding multiple ways now to find the back of the end zone yeah without a doubt I mean when you talk about that type of uh, diversity in terms of the ways in which they're scoring yes That is beautiful because right now we're still trying to figure out who our key guys are going to be. This isn't a year where we're walking in and we're saying, hey, this is Elbel, this is Antonio Brown. We know we're featuring them every single time we're in red zone or we're trying to score. We have to have it right from a situational uh, uh, standpoint. So when you talk about a Benny Snell scoring, a Mr. Trubisky getting a score, some of the uh, Chase Claypool is like, man, that's versatility. That's hitting you from multiple angles because now – we're saying that, hey, as an offense, we're going to be more versatile. We're going to be more unpredictable. You're not going to just come into us and say, hey, man, we only got to stop Deontay this week. It's like, no, nah, no, nah, we could beat you right here. We can get you over here. You got to watch out for this guy. So I do like that a lot. And I think that's only going to help this team be that much more tougher offensively this year. It certainly is, and you know you, you're seeing it from everybody. Pickens having another really solid day today. There was one of those iron sharpening iron moments between him and Cam Sutton early in practice. Moats, I gotta I gotta tell you about this. All right, Cam Sutton, George Pickens, right? Some uh, during some drills earlier in practice, uh, shortly after eleven o'clock. You know, probably about forty five minutes before you and I went on air. They're they're doing just you know just typical uh, back of the end zone type drills, wide receiver versus defensive mm-hmm. back, and first rep between those two, Cam Sutton, George Pickens, uh, Mason Rudolph was quarterback for the first, and I believe Mitch Trubisky for the second. Uh, Might have been Mason for both, but it was you know just just little just little seven yard routes that they're running to the back corner of the end zone. Pickens goes up, skies up high, gets the first one. You can maybe even say a little, little, little moss action there, right, on Cam Sutton. Mm-hmm. Uh, wins the rep, scores the touchdown, does the gritty dance, all right, right next oh. to Cam Sutton. And Cam Sutton gets up. Not, and, you don't do that to Cam now. Yeah, you don't right. do that to Cam now. <laughs> Cam gets up and he says, all right, run it back. Let's run it back, rookie. Let's yep. go. Mm-hmm. They run it back. George Pickens scores again on the second rep. Ooh. He does the gritty next to Cam Sutton again for the oh, second time. Whoa. whoa. 
That's some uh, that's some confidence. Whoa, that's some co- that's like is that it. Mozi, is that the confidence bordering on arrogance that we say that we like in these guys sometimes? Oh, no, without a doubt. No, without a doubt. But at the same time, that's what you need though from both parties. Trust me. Man, Kim, former teammate of mine for multiple years. I know the dog that's in him. So the fact that he came back and was able to not just win the rep, but also show him up again, that's what you want. That's intensity. But it's also going to add to those two guys' preparation because now the next time they go at it again, what do you think is going to be on their minds? Mm-hmm. Cam's not going to be forgetting that. And trust me, George isn't either. So that intensity is going to start every single time, and it's going to be going back and forth. But it's ultimately going to make both of those players better players because they're both – in terms of George, we think that he has a chance to be really special. He's doing some really nice and exciting things in training camp with Cam Sutton. We know what he's been able to do throughout his career. He's a guy that's second contract, potentially going to get another deal, right? So with that, it's like, yeah, man, it's good to see these two dudes going at it to that level. But it's healthy. And that's what you wanted at the end of the day. It was nothing afterwards where, you know, now we're going to have the push and match and we're going to, you know, make it a little bit more than what it needs to be. It was what it was drill work but at the end of the day man it's good work and that's the thing that i think you know if you're the coaching staff offensively and defensively you got to be excited about that yeah i'm i'm with you 100 percent. i mean that's those are the those are the moments that you like to see out here um and and we've we've been pretty fortunate to see a, a few of those a handful of those already with george pickens um he is he's a guy who certainly looks the part moats and i uh, you know, we preach a lot of different things on this show. One of them certainly, though, is not crowning anybody too early, um, not from certainly training camp practices, not even if there's an electric start to the season for George Pickens. Uh, you know, you you got you to gotta prove it over a period of time, a much larger sample size before you before you get, you know, crowned here on this Steelers Blitz show. Um but, buddy, good good start for him so far. Um, we've seen a lot of those moments between him and Akello Weatherspoon, between him and Cam Sutton, where, you know, the, the veteran guys challenging the young, talented rookie and him not only holding his own, but but at times even getting the, the better of those situations. It's encouraging. It's a good start. You know, we want to see him build on that in preseason. Um, and, and obviously when the regular season begins um, – we are we are not trying to state that he's going to uh, to do the uh, the Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase thing here and, and break a bunch of records as a rookie, right? Right, but he certainly looks like uh, one of those guys who who comes in, uh, could come in and, and have an impact uh, pretty quickly. And you know, Motsi, if it all plays out well, I mean that that's going to be something Steelers fans that's going to live in in I think you know Steelers lore for a while. George Pickens being the 11th wide receiver taken in this year's draft, if he ends up being one of the best or even one of the best two or three to come out of this class. Um, there's there's a real chance that, you know, a couple years from now that that could look like a, a very savvy uh, steal for the Pittsburgh Steelers there. Oh, yeah, 100%. And that is, you know, the beauty of the draft, right? And I say beauty because under a normal circumstance, if a guy was coming back from injury, do you take him? Probably not. But when you have multiple picks and you're like, you know what, man, we don't have to get him in the first. We could take a chance on him here. That gives this guy this opportunity to put him in position to be on a Pittsburgh Steelers. And now here we are seeing this dude really pay off that chance that the Steelers have taken on him, man. So I'm just hoping that he really runs with this thing, man, and makes the most of it. And it seems like that's what he's doing so far. So let's keep that thing going. 
So far, so mm-hmm. good. We'll keep the thing going when we return here. We got a uh, special treat here, Arthur Moach, just sitting down at the tent with me here. It's our buddy Chris Carter. Uh, he will join us on the other hey, side to lend his go. keen eye and observations of everything that he saw at practice today. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes, our buddy Chris Carter joins us here live on the campus of St. Vincent College when we return. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Black and gold football lives here 24-7. You're listening to SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Back on the campus of St. Vincent College, practice in the books for the Steelers on this Tuesday, August the 9th, as we get closer and closer to the first preseason game, of course, Saturday night at Akershire Stadium against the Seattle Seahawks. Joining us now here, live on location, he's a longtime friend of the show, one-third of the Migos, some of you might say from time to time. Mama. You know his work here on SNR, the Locked On Steelers podcast, uh, WPXI as well, too. Of course, now he's going to be covering Pitt Panthers football and basketball for the Post-Gazette. He's here, he's there, he's everywhere. Chris Carter, what's up, partner? How what's we doing? What's up, boys? How we doing today? Most, it's weird hearing your voice and not seeing you. It's, it's just bizarre. <laughs> I would agree with that, but me and you got to see each other on a bonus, you know, occasion. This is true. I believe that was last week at some point. So I feel like I, I'm I'm good right now. That's oh all. dang! Is that is that a, you got a, you like once every other week quota for Chris Carter? No, no, no. I'm saying I have the one up right now on okay. West. So okay, okay. Now you make sense. Catch back up. That's well, what I'm referring nah, to. I, yes. I think he's up on you because we've hit Sharky's up a couple times That's and right. you haven't been uh, around, sir. That's right. Okay, okay, okay. The by way, the way, brothers, I by, see it. By the way, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, uh, Thursday night it's going down. Thursday night it's going down. <laughs> Chris, <laughs> so you, so you tell telling me I might need to come into town. I was just trying to tell me. Okay. Yes, Airbnb. Right. Sir, Airbnb. Airbnb. To, Better stay out here. I'm, VRBO. I might put my feet out here in one of them days, man. We'll see what's up. <laughs> Uh, CC, we saw something today, a rare occurrence, a, uh, a blue moon, if you will, through the first two weeks of training camp. Finally, the Steelers offense punching back a little bit and oh, yeah. decisively winning seven shots. Oh, yeah. Is, is, is that encouraging to see? Because, listen, we all know the defense should have their way with the offense, right? right. Particularly early on. They're right. the highest-paid defense in the NFL for a reason. But you also got to be encouraged by the offense finally, you know, being able to, again, punch back a little bit and, and clearly have the upper hand today. Absolutely. you got to be encouraged by it. Also, Mitch Trubisky, it's not yeah. just today. He's looked sharper the last several practices now. Agreed. And this is, but this is what we talked about, like, the first week of camp when everyone was like, oh, he looked terrible. Oh, this Mason Rudolph is the only best quarterback forever that they're going to have for the rest of their lives. I was just like, no. <laughs> Let let the, let these guys grow. It's training camp, and we're at, we're at this is week three now. So now we're in a place where Mitch Trubisky's had a couple go arounds. Now he's developed a rapport with more of the receivers. He still hasn't had a like a full week or even more than a day with his entire receiving mm-hmm. core because now Deontay Johnson's working working with a hip flexor. Uh, Chase Claypool's still like being worked back into full. Like so, like he's still working with it. But you see the connection he's already established mm-hmm. with George Pickens. You see what he's able to do when he's processing the field. And I, I think he's getting close to, I think he's over 80% of the time now, I think he's on point with what he's reading and what he's seeing and what he's doing. There's still about that, that 20% of the time where he's kind of like, oh, okay, Mitch, I don't know what you're doing there. <laughs> but, but again, that used to be more closer to 50% when camp started. Then it got 
to like 60, 75, now it's at 80. It's, I think you're going to get there by the end of preseason. So, um, you know, it was very encouraging. Uh, I think Kenny Pickett continues to look better. Mason's still, mm-hmm. Mason's still doing his thing. I will say also Benny Snell getting to the hole. I like, I like seeing that, uh, you know, him get him accelerating, getting the burst up in there. Um, this offense is certainly coming together. I'll also say the offensive line, there's some, there's some pushback. Yep. Um, it was really cool. I, I was actually talking about this the other day on Channel 11, being the final word, how, like, during the, over the last week, you know, this, the defense, they've been doing the celebration where they throw the ball in the air and they go, do, 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 and they pretend like they're shooting the ball. Like Duck Hunter. Right, yeah. right, right, like Duck Hunt. Yep. And so <laughs> last week, or last, it, was, it, was, it was like Friday or Saturday, or thir- I think it was Thursday, when they did it. And like they didn't like really get excited for it because they're like we just we're getting all these interceptions we don't care anymore. <laughs> well today after the offense scored a touchdown they did it and the defense was oh. like oh no uh uh-uh, uh not uh not up in here and then when they got their next turnover it was back on, on site they were just loud as all get out so the competition is making these guys play better and I think it's a very good thing. No, I love to hear that right there, man. But um, I wanted to go back to what you were talking about with the quarterbacks. Um, obviously you said that Mitch. Mason and uh, Kenny to an extent have been improving or have been improving, excuse me on that. Yep. But what I wanted to ask was, what do you feel like has been the thing that has been separating Mitch Trubisky from Miss, uh, from Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett this uh, week so far? I feel like when he's when he's consistent, his consistency is better. You know, he, when his ball placement's a little bit better, his arm strength's a little bit better. He's quicker in his reads. He doesn't hesitate as much. Um, and, and that's that's the thing is that his high is higher than Mason's high, and it's, that's it's it's just that. And I think it's starting to get that he's hitting his high more often than Mason Rudolph's hitting his high. So it's it's a matter of we're finally starting to see the potential of Mitch Trubisky peak out a little bit here, and we're starting to see it come at a higher frequency than it was before. And, and, and a big part of it, ball placement, stretching the field, processing, being patient in the moment. One thing that I think Mason gets in his own head about is if his first if his first read isn't there, he goes quickly to his second read, and then he quickly comes off of it. And then he's like, uh, and then and then he starts to get caught up, and then it's sandbox ball. Mitch does sandbox ball, but he's getting to his third read, and he's sticking with his second and third reads a little bit longer, and he's able to kind of buy time while doing that. And it's those extra little things that can that, that lead to more opportunities, more big plays, and get you know the Steelers play makers better chances to make plays with the football so that's where I think that's where Mitch is setting himself apart right now um, you're starting to see it really in seven shots in 11 on 11 they are they're really starting to show uh, he's really starting to show why they picked why they picked him up in free agency sticking with the QBs you know one of the things that Motsi and I was discussing uh, were discussing um, is that you know we don't think it's coincidence that as we've seen more of the mobility element introduced to the offense, and obviously when, when you put the pads on and how things are allowed to fly a little bit more there, you know that, that Kenny Pickett has started to look better as he's been allowed to be more mobile back there during these practices as well too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think we, we've given him some credit too of, you know, we said one of the things that we'd like to see as camp goes along is when Kenny's out there working with the threes that he's elevating his teammates, you know, that he clearly yep. looks like he's the one who doesn't belong out there. I think you've started to see that at times out here as well, too. That that mobility, that that's a real thing for him, isn't it? I mean, you obviously followed him closely through his five years at Pitt, certainly last season as well, too. I, I don't think it's coincidence that as we've seen the offense and the quarterbacks allowed to showcase that mobility a little bit more, that, that Kenny has looked better and better out here as the days have gone along. A- absolutely, and it's mobility, but – 
it's structured mobility because a mm. lot of the plays early on in camp, I saw Kenny use his mobility, but it was like, hey, like point and run. Let's go, let's go. We're, we're going to – it's that sandbox right. type of ball where, like, this isn't scripted anymore. We're just taking what's there. But now it's like, hey, we're designing this bootleg, and you have two reads on this bootleg. You you you, you go you go here here deeper, you go here to the flat, or you're running. So I guess that's three reads. But he's, go, he's getting used to that, and he's getting to the timing of it. And he also is kind of getting, listen, this is my window. Because that's the other part of this is that – so a lot of times, especially young quarterbacks, you know, in college, your window of time to make a decision to throw a football is a little bit bigger, and it makes it that, and, and that little bit bigger is worth a lot, and oftentimes leads mm. to big plays. That window is so much smaller in the NFL. You get maybe a second or two before like the prime time <laughs> the to let go of the ball is there, and mm-hmm. now it's like, hey, the defense is now cut up to what we called. So you got to be on point. You got to be thinking. You have to be. It has to be a point where you're not thinking anymore. It's just instinct to do it, and that's why this stuff takes so long to get together. It takes so long to iron out. It's not something you just pop in and say, oh yeah, this is great. La da da. I think that's where Kenny Pickett with the mobility. It's not just that he's mobile. It's not just that he's getting it done. He's doing it within the structure of the concepts that Matt Canada is calling, and that's a very good sign for the Steelers. No, I definitely like that, and I do agree that is a good sign. Now, we know that they finally have a preseason game coming up on Saturday. How much are you playing, if you were in control of this thing, how much would you play those three guys in particular on Saturday in that game? I'm giving Mitch Trubisky the first quarter. I'm giving Mason Rudolph the second quarter. I'm giving Kenny Pickett the entire second Ooh, half. Ooh, the entire second half. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I'm gonna let him. I'm gonna let him work. M- give Mitch the first quarter to kind of iron things out. Let us see how things go. And maybe, maybe a couple drives into the second quarter. And let me. So it's maybe that's perfectly defined. But I'm. I'm still. I'm letting Mitch kind of get settled in because you want him to get game action. You want him to get the feel right. of you're not just playing the defense that you're used to every day. Now you're playing, you know, guys that you don't know, and you're having to take things, you know, one step at a time with this opponent. You want him to get that experience, so maybe more than a quarter. But you know, I think it'll, it'll be it'll be Mitch, then Mason for an equal amount of time, and then let Kenny kind of play the rest of the game because this will be now Kenny getting his feet under him. This will be seeing, hey, how do you respond when defenses give looks that you haven't seen yet? How do you respond when you know these guys aren't going to pull up on you because you're the first round draft pick quarterback? That's where it is, and I think that's also where Kenny thrives. I mean, I've honestly felt like looking at these practices, when the pads go off and these guys are kind of like going at half speed or they're not playing at full, that's when that's when Kenny makes more mistakes. But when the pads are on and he, it's kind of grind time for them, that's when I see him step up. I, I think that's just part of his character. When it's when it's go time, Kenny thinks it sees it being go time. And I think that it's going to be interesting to see how he does when he plays in that third in that, in that first preseason game, which I do think he will get a large chunk of the second half in. Chris Carter with us here on the Steelers Blitz, live on the campus of St. Vincent College. Another day of practice in the books for your Pittsburgh Steelers. Chris, this week we've gotten our first look over the past couple days at one of the newest members of the black and gold, Larry Ogunjobi. Yeah. And I tell you what, A, through two practices – I think those early returns are exactly what you you were hoping for yesterday. Certainly, again today, uh, instant impact from him. I thought as soon as you know a, a guy making his presence known out there uh, on the field, and uh, you know glimpses of of what he can be in the Steelers defense if he's able to to get healthy and remain healthy. Absolutely. If you saw Mike Tomlin when we asked him about that, he just smiled. He was just like, "Yeah, <laughs> we got that guy out there." I mean, even when he made his first tackle for loss yesterday at, at Latrobe Memorial Stadium. Him. You know, he did that, and then like half the team was like on him, like "Let's go, Larry!" Like they, they, everyone's genuinely—they've been waiting for that, right? Yeah, everyone's genuinely excited 
to see this guy go to work. Heck, I was talking to DeMarvin Leal before, like when when he moved into camp, like before he even had a chance to to really get things going. And he said, "Listen, when they signed him, I knew his name. I went and watched his highlights. It got me excited. They're very excited to see what he can do." And honestly, I, I did this for my Locked On Steelers episode that that, that came out today. Uh, yeah, but you you look at what this defensive line has. This could be a very stacked group. You, you know about Cam Hayward. If Ogunjobi's healthy, he, the two of them are 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 are, re, are really good dual threat. You still got Tyson Alulu. You still got Chris Wormley. And I will say, everyone's talking about George Pickens, and rightfully so. He's the top camp star right now. But an unsung camp star is the Marvin Leal. That guy's handwork, that guy's foot placement, his timing, his effort, all things pointing very very upwards and. I think the biggest thing is he has to learn how to finish more plays. Like when when a counter come his way, you know, when an offensive lineman sees his move coming, he has to learn how to counter. But this guy has at least four different moves that I've seen him work at a really good pace, and that's where I think that he's doing well. So like you got a defensive line group, you know, imagine even say Montrevious Adams in there. That this is gonna, I think this is gonna be a very good group, and Larry Ogunjobi is going to be right there with Cam Hayward at the top of it. Let's go. I'm excited to hear that about DeMarvin Leal as well, man. He's a guy that I'm really, really high on. So I definitely am liking that. But um, I did have to ask you about one so, of these slashes that we had on the Steelers depth chart okay. on the defense side of the ball. Slash. Devin Bush and Robert Spillane. Mm. The slash going on. Talk to me, man. How you feeling about it? Can we get an update from your perspective, man? I, I, I will say this. Uh, Devin Bush had a really good day today. Devin Bush was he there we go. Yeah, he 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 was making plays. Nice he tackle was, on Benny Snell in seven shots. Really good tackle on yeah. Benny Snell in seven shots. Had a couple breakups in the passing game. I uh, even heard Mike Tomlin give a couple attaboys to him, and, and and like he was he was fighting through the ball. I I think Devin is slowly putting it together to be the linebacker that they need him to be. I'm still he, I don't think he's there to be at the elite status yet or get, or get back to where he was when I thought that he was getting close to being in that upper tier, but I think you're going to see him not be as much of a liability as you know moving forward. I think he's really finding his feet. And this is again what I said needed to happen in camp. I didn't I I have warned people all along don't don't beat read into if he's if he's you know really if he's really rough to start camp. He's still trying to get his feet back under him. He's still trying to get the pace of playing, and I think he's starting to find it. Um, and I think a big part it's also helping is Miles Jack being next to him most of the time. The two of them I think can be really good. And I will say this: Robert Spillane ain't going out like no punk. You know, he's, <laughs> he is he is absolutely fighting tooth and nail for his he job. Um, and he's when when the run play is there, Robert Spillane is going to be there to crush you. Uh, but I think I still think Splane's biggest problem is when the, when it's a passing game and he has to work in space, that's a concern and there's a worry that he's that that if he's put in that spot, a team can expose him. Devin Bush, they can expose him, but he has more athleticism to react, move, and get the job done there. How many think they hmm. keep in that room then? Right, that's Miles, Jack, Devin Bush, Robert Spillane, Marcus Allen seem like you know pretty much locks. Buddy Johnson has had some really great moments Mark at Robinson's camp here. Mark Robinson as well, too. Uh, realistically, I mean, you're going to need to see what some of those guys can offer on special teams here over the right. three preseason games, right? But could we see maybe more bodies uh, in that room on the final roster than we expected before coming into camp? It's possible. I think, But the thing is that this is tough because, you know, you could say the same question about the defensive line. You certainly you could. Because they got, they got so many guys there. You could say the same thing about wide, wide receivers. receivers. You, yep. And at some point in the 53-man roster, you have to sacrifice the position. You have to say, hey, we're just going with these four, these five guys. We can't have extra people because we just need to save these other spots for the rest of the team. So they got to find ways to trim that down. Um, I'm going to go I'm gonna go. they're going to stick with five. Uh, you know, I think that, you know, 
you know, you're going to have your top three guys, Bush, Jack, and, and, and Spillane. But, and I think Chico's certainly in that conversation with Marcus Allen. But it's tough, man, because I think I think Buddy Johnson has looked good. I think uh, I think Gennard Avery has, yeah. has, has yeah. made some good has some good moments. He deserves a shout. Um, you know, and, and then Mark Robinson. Uh, Mark Robinson and Buddy Johnson remind me of each other. <laughs> they, they do. They, they look <laughs> similar out there as well. They hit hard when the plays in front of them. They're going to make you make it known. They're going to make you feel it. They're like, hey, yeah, I, I'm coming, and you know, you know, I'm coming. Um, and I think they still got to put it all together. But all in all. Really, really like this group and what they've done with it from just uh, getting, bring, uh, you know, bringing in talent to fill it out. Um, but the big question is, can the starters at the top be the, be the starters that I think they can be? I think Miles Jack is having a terrific training camp and absolutely been the guy they, they signed him on to be. Uh, but if him and Devin Bush become that pair, I think this defense is in a great place to start the season. Now, I'm loving all those guys you named. <laughs> but Ulysses Gilbert the third, does he got a shot? Is he is he going to have a you know is he going to still be around? Or what's going on with him? Unfortunately, I I think he suffered an injury that has set him back, and it's just it's he's oh, in a position man. where there's there's so many other guys in that room right now, and it's yeah. to, like he had some good moments. There were some moments where I was like, okay, Ulysses Gilbert the third, okay, way to bring he's that been up around for a while. Man. Yes, he's he has. Yeah, he, while, he 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 knows the team. They know him, and they like him, but. Uh, you can't make the club from the top, mm-hmm. and like we were just saying, they got all these young dudes coming in here. Buddy Johnson, Mark Robinson, they're gonna. I mean, even Marcus, Marcus Allen sticking around, it's gonna be tough to justify keeping him uh, when you got healthy bodies out there. And if he can get back out, you know, in the preseason and maybe do some things, that'll be a question. But I think they're going to lean on some of these younger dudes uh, who are who are filing in here at camp. Mm. Always interesting stuff from our buddy. Chris Carter. All right, last one I got for you before we let you go here and let you uh, get across campus to lunch on a a now rainy campus here. Um, But see, it it sounds real like soothing over there. I'm listening to this rain like it's uh, not soothing when I'm getting soaked. Listen (laughs) listen to the soothe sounds of rain here on SNR. Um, First impressions of what we've seen from uh, from Levi Wallace, another guy who got it going this week. Um, you know he's. Levi's the guy that's always going to be in position, and I think we saw more of that today. But the concern for me with Levi is can he make more plays in the football? Um, there were a couple times I thought he was in really good position, and he didn't come down. He didn't get away with the. He didn't come down with the bat. Um, uh, but at the same time, I do think that he's going to figure it out to be a good role-playing cornerback for the, for this defense. I just think that he's going to need to, you know, when he's in position, take advantage of it more. Don't uh, you know? Don't 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 miss the opportunity to make a play on the football. That's where uh, that's where I think that he needs to improve. But I do think that the corners, you know, Keller Witherspoon, I think has been has has been solid. Uh, Cam Sutton, when he's been out there, has been solid. Uh, this cornerback room, I think, is, is going to be like decent. I just don't think I think that if they're in a game where they need these guys to win the game for them, that they're going to be in a problem. Uh, but they're going to be guys that they're not liabilities. And I think that that's going to be good enough with the, the safety talent, the pass rushing talent, the linebackers that they have to get this defense through. Chris, thank you for your time as always, partner, for hanging here with us in a rainstorm as we're getting a little wet here. We appreciate your uh, your efforts as always. Hey, I appreciate you guys so much. <laughs> Arthur Boats, Wesley Euler, we'll, we'll have our uh, final segment from a rain-soaked St. <laughs> Vincent College campus when we return before we hand things off to Matt Williamson and Dale Lolly. You're listening to our ongoing training camp coverage. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR.
This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Final segment here of the Steelers Blitz on SNR, meeting a couple listeners out here on a, a, wet, a wet day on campus. Uh, it's been a weird one. I mean, it, it just downpoured here for about the last six or seven minutes. Now it's back to a, uh, a light rain, but once again, Good call uh, for the Steelers moving practice uh, up early today as the tarps are out here, Motsi. The grounds crew is out there braving the elements to get the tarps out on uh, to the field at Chuck Knoll Field. Um, Keep that it, field dry. Yes. Keep as, that field dry. As it looks like it's going to be a uh, very, very back and forth uh, afternoon here in terms of the weather on and off with rain, some some thunder and uh, and lightning as well too. So uh, so good stuff by the uh, the grounds crew to get everything covered here, and uh, by the Steelers to get practice in today in a uh, stretch of a few days here, where Mother Nature's just been giving them the business and ruining a lot of those best laid plans. Uh, final segment here. So as we like to do from time to time, most of the time, unless we've got a, uh, a Steelers guest, we will close <laughs> with your guys' tweets that we get. Time throughout. to time, most of the time, unless we got a guest, though. But other than that, yeah, we do it all the time. <laughs> uh, we got our buddy Steeler Nation 920, uh, who uh, is, of course, our resident Wisconsin listener of SNR here. A couple questions for us, Motsi. First one is, who do you think benefits more from the presence of Larry Ogan, Joby, Cam Hayward, or T.J. Watt? Man, I'm going to go with T.J. Um, when you talk about Cam, we know the, the style of player that he is, but right now a lot of that slide attention goes towards a TJ. So if you're able to offset some of that in a sense by having a Larry Ogunjobi over there with him, now you can't always account or say that, hey, man, we're going to allow this guard to help out a little bit because you have a bona fide guy that can win the one-on-ones right then and right now. Whereas for Cam, I think Cam, man, he's always going to have his same type of look, you know, where – it's going to be those one-on-one matchups because you say to yourself, can the interior D-lineman kill me faster than T.J. Watt? And that's kind of the debate that they go with in terms of picking your poison. But having that extra guy that can win and really for, uh, like really force you to play them a certain way, that's what Larry can bring to that table. And ultimately, I think that that will really hold T.J. in terms of just freeing him up some more. Second one from 920, he wants to know in the terms of the conversation between Spillane and Devin Bush, uh, has, has Spillane really been looking better this training camp or has Devin Bush maybe just stagnated or declined so much that it's making Spillane stand out? Um, well, again, you know, like we said, Devin Bush had a really nice day today. He's had a few of them. He's, mm -hmm. had some, he's had some days where he certainly was not at his best, but he's also had a few productive days out here. I also think, too, Motsi, and, and you could probably speak to this better than I can, but, you know, there's a lot of elements of training camp where a guy like Robert Spillane can just pop out here, right? The, mm -hmm. the physicality element that he possesses um, in team drills and one-on-ones and things like that. Uh, you know, like our buddy Chris Carter just said a moment ago, like when it's a run play, Spillane's there, you're stuffed, you know what's going to happen there. I think that's part of it too. Like he is just um, a lot of the different drills and things they do out here, the physicality element of those Robert Spillane is built for. Yes, and I also think we have to understand that as a veteran player, which Robert Spillane is, those type of guys like generally, generally look good in camp. 
it, they look good in practice because they know what to expect. They know how to prepare for it. They know the players that they're going against. So they should be able to benefit. And I think with Robert Spillane being the smart player that he is, he knows that and he implements that. But at the same time, I don't think it's necessarily a knock on Devin. I think that when you talk about how in certain drills, Spillane can do things that pop, they flash, or how we talk about splash plays. Mm -hmm. It gives you that feeling, whereas for Devin, he just hasn't produced that same amount of splash or excitement in some of those similar drills. But it doesn't mean that he's playing bad because he's not playing bad, but it's just a difference of doing a little bit more that catches your eye versus not. And then when you throw the expectations on top of that and, you know, the history from Devin being here, then it kind of makes it a little bit more um, of a talking point. But as a whole, man, I think that both of those dudes are still doing what they're supposed to be doing out there. I completely agree. Last one from 920. He wants to know from each of you gentlemen, if you could interview any athlete still living, who would it be? Um, maybe the LeBron or uh, Mike Tyson. Yeah. Oh, Mike Tyson's a good one. Uh, for me, first names that came to mind were Troy Polamalu and Yarmir Yager. Ooh, I just, Yarmir I always, Yager. Like, don't, can't you see? Like, he'd be, a, he'd be a fun interview. You know what I mean? Like, he'd, he be, would. A, he'd be a good have one. You to say his whole name every time, too. He, he, flies he flies relatively under the radar. You know what I mean? Like, he still playing professional hockey in, in the Czech Republic, like, you know, at his age, in his 50s. Like, he just – he would be a fun guy to interview, I feel like. When what do you great... mean at his age? Easy there, big fella. Hold on now. You and I aren't even close to 50, all right? Hold on now. I, I hope we're still uh, as active as he is when we hit that age. But he just – that the truth? He, I feel like he would have some really good stories from, from the 90s in Pittsburgh and everything. Uh, and then Troy Polamalu would just be would, – would be a great one as well, too. Uh, Checker32 tweets us. I think maybe a first-time tweeter here. Welcome to the party, pal. If so, uh, hearing you guys discussing uh, the the backup holder reps and all those things brought to mind a question. Is there a reason why the holder is almost always the punter? Why not get an athlete in there or maybe a wide receiver who had some quarterback background in the past? Well, typically um, it's not always been punters. It's been backup quarterbacks as well. The thing is you want somebody that's familiar with handling the ball and not just handling it from a catching perspective, handling it from a snapping perspective. The long snap, the That's ball different spins one. differently. Yeah. The trajectory is different. It's not like your normal uh, throw from wide receiver. So with that element, with that dynamic, it does muddy it up a little bit. So that's typically why you go with the punter because he's accustomed to that, right? He spends all day in yeah. practice catching punt or catching snaps from this snapper. When you talk about the backup quarterback, they don't have a lot of long snapping touches, but they're getting the ball from a center who does what? Uh, the shotgun. So it's still a little bit more familiarity there. So I think that's the biggest reason why. And then also when you're talking about wide receivers or even running backs or athletes, the more you put on those guys' plate, the more uh, chances you have of something going wrong in the sense of if George Pickens is our holder on punt or is our holder on on field goal uh on field goal right say he gets hurt on offense now you're stuck not just replacing him as a wide receiver but now you're replacing him as what one of the most critical positions on special teams which is the holder so that's the thing that you also want to be careful with so when you mm -hmm. have the backup or when you have a punter or a backup quarterback it's no injury risk for those guys because right. they're standing on the sideline. You want to minimize time. minimize right. that opportunity for, for you, injury. You imagine yeah. 
like think about George goes up, catches a pass, falls on his hand. Okay, he still can play, but now his hand is tingling, right? His hand's a little sore. But we got to go kick this field goal to win the game. And his <laughs> hand is partly numb. Right. That's what you don't want to deal with. So that's one of those reasons why we typically don't have, you know, skill position players or guys that are actually on the field in those type of moments right there because it's just too many moving pieces. It's too much that could go wrong if this guy gets hurt on his particular position. You would have to replace multiple spots. And that's the issue. No, that's that's well said by you. Uh, a couple more here before we got to go. Katie tweets us and says, do you guys see any scenario uh, where Gunnar Olszewski does not make the 53-man roster? Uh, feel like it would have to be uh, in terms of uh, in terms of Anthony Miller having, having some impact as a returner and a receiver. Well, I would say Calvin Austin. I think that if he can definitively – show that he could be the return man, I think that that hurts Gunner in a major way because that is what well, that was the main reason why we brought in Gunner, what right. he brings as a return man. Right. So if Calvin were to take over that, if Anthony Miller were to take over that, then yes, that would directly impact Gunner's chances of making this roster because you're not looking at him as the fifth wide receiver and saying, I would keep you here solely because of your receiving ability. When you yes. talk about the fourth and the fifth wide receiver or even potentially that sixth wide receiver, you're talking about your Darius Hayward Bay types. You're looking for a guy that can give you elite special teams play and the occasional playmaking on offense. But they have to have a role, uh, a legit niche on special team. And for Gunner, he's more returner than a Matthew Slater type who's going on there making 20 tackles in a season. Yes. So that would be the yes. other dynamic as to why – you know, it would be a scenario where he would not make this roster. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. You're absolutely right. You've got to bring that value uh, elsewhere and everywhere. And uh, and that'll that'll certainly be part of uh, of what the um, the Steelers are going to take into their consideration of all the wide receivers that they will keep and those that they will cut. Uh, but I tell you what, both Gunnar Olszewski and Anthony Miller uh, having good camps so far, making it difficult to uh, you know to not keep those guys around. I think you could say the same thing about Miles Boykin. A really strong day today out and there. And that's how you want it too, man. Yes. You want as a player, you want it to be extremely difficult when it comes down time to cuts because we know that's a part of the business. And Gunner, Miles, uh, Steven Sims, Tyler Snead, all those guys, they're looking around. They know the numbers. But the one thing that they can all account for and the one thing that they can all control is making sure that I'm going to make every play that I'm supposed to make. I'm going to make some of the plays that I'm even not supposed to make. But I'm going to do everything in my power that when it's time for you to make this cut, you're over there pounding the table. You're losing your mind because you <laughs> right, don't know right. if you can live without me. And that's what it has to be. And you just hope that at the end of the day, the chips will fall in your favor. And sometimes it does and sometimes it won't. But regardless of that, man, what it will create is another opportunity somewhere else. So you just got to make the most of this situation that they're in right now, man. And you'd rather be in that situation than maybe what we've talked about, an edge rusher or offensive tackle Correct. where you're, you're jonesing mm -hmm. for some depth. Uh, yeah, yeah, you'd much rather have it that way. Uh, Charles tweets and says, does the first string offensive line look further along this year than they were last year? <sighs> you know what? I'll say yes, Motsi, and here's why. Last year okay. – 
last year they didn't even they they barely got to work with the the five that were the assumed starters, right? At least they've gotten that at this point. But but last year, you know, DeCastro was banged up. Then Trey Turner was banged, and he was out. And then Trey Turner was banged up. And then oh, Kevin, right. Kevin Dotson was situation Zach Banner well, and Kevin like Dotson were hurt. And so yeah. yeah, it was like mm-hmm. a different it was a different five with the first team every day. At least there's been more consistency so far this year. So. I'll, I'll give them the slight edge. How about that? Yeah, I can agree with you on that. I, I could definitely go with that. And real quick, to get us out of here on a note of comedy, Wallace tweets us and says, yeah, but can George Pickens block, though? And that's the mic drop from Wallace <laughs> to end the show. Thanks to, he block, thanks to Jacob on site here, Brian back at the ranch, and our buddy Chris Carter for joining us earlier. Thanks to everybody who tweeted us and tuned in today. And, of course, the best co-host in the business, Arthur Motes. But, but. Who, me? That'll do it for us today. Don't go anywhere. Dale Lolly and Matt Williamson up next with a special three-hour edition of The Drive. Motsi and I will talk to Yins tomorrow at high noon, as always, on your 24-7, home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. When you want black and gold football talk, you want SNR. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.